Well, hey, welcome to Lights, Camera, Transaction. This is my guest, Steve. Steve does a number of things, but I'm gonna let you tell the audience what you do, why you're here, and I'll let you have the, the okay. stage. Well, first, thank you for uh, allowing me the opportunity to be here. It's really cool. Glad to have you. Um, I do uh, several things right now. One is I'm a college professor. I teach hospitality and how to start your own home-based food business and customer service at Santa Ana cool. College. Nice. How long have you been doing that? Uh, I've been with Santa Ana College for about three years. Okay. But before that, I was the director of culinary and hospitality management at the Art Institute of California, Orange County, but they shut us down 2018. Gotcha. So, um, what, love it. Love teaching. What the, so the kids that come in your class, what are their, what are their ultimate goals? You know what I mean? Like what are they, what are they generally hoping to get out of? Are they like aspiring restaurant operators? Some, it depends on the class. Most okay. of, my students, because I'm the School of Continuing Education, yep. were free. So it's mostly adults. Yeah. And it's adults looking for new opportunity, new ideas. Home-based food business mm -hmm. has grown exponentially, yep. especially with the pandemic. So I have a lot of people aspiring to be uh, their own business people and yeah. open their own business. So yeah. It's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's really cool. And then I just started a new job. Now that we're opening up again, I'm the director of food and beverage at a really cool members-only club called Hot Rods and Handguns in Huntington Beach. So getting back into the swing of things and into the industry, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so, I, and I want to get into that, that a little bit more too, but tell me a little bit about Obviously, we're we're kind of on the upswing here from what happened last year with the pandemic. Um, what, where are your thoughts on you know when that first happened? Were you pretty confident that the industry was going to come back, or like what was your general mindset? Oh, I was you know, completely freaked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had my own consulting company, uh, Orange Coast Hospitality Group. I had several clients here in Orange County. Just finished opening a new restaurant in yeah. Rancho Mission Viejo. Um, and then March 13th, yeah. everything came to a screeching halt. Nobody has extra money for consultants anymore, so I had to close my company. Yeah. Thankfully, I teach part-time, uh, very part-time, but uh, it was enough to kind of get me through yeah. with things. But watching what was happening in the industry, it scared all of us. We had no idea what to expect. And as you know, everybody thought, okay, in May, we're gonna open up again, June, shut down again. And we watched so many small restaurants shut their doors, small businesses close, and it was devastating. And we're even now feeling the after effects as we start reopening because nobody wants to go back to work. You know, they're, they're all accepting that extra $300 a week, so Right now, the statistics are there's 300,000 plus line cook jobs in America, and we can't fill them mm -hmm. because nobody wants to go back to work. Yeah. So at Santa Ana College, I created curriculum for a line cook certificate program. And again, through our program, it's completely free for students to go through this, get a state-approved certificate, and we give them the skills to get into the job force right away 
get into a kitchen, start working, Smart. have the skill set that a lot of culinary schools, they're amazing and they teach you phenomenal things in the kitchen, but not how to get into the job force mm-hmm. right now. We're focused on getting people back to work. I love that. I, I think that's the the biggest things that I heard over the pandemic, very similar to what you're saying. First was the initial shock of like, it, am I going to have to close for good? Because um, everything was on the table last March, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to, no one's ever going to a restaurant again. It's going to be takeout only. Um, you heard everything under the sun. But then once we all started to realize, okay, well, restaurants are going to reopen. We're going to start doing it slowly. Then, especially in California, we hit this like roller coaster of openings and closings. And then we had colored tiers and capacity. So the one of the biggest challenges has obviously been staffing. Uh, staffing and, and food ordering, right? Because I had a lot of clients that they're expecting to be open. You know, say it's Monday, they're expecting to be open on Saturday and then come mm-hmm. to find out on Wednesday, Friday at 10 o'clock, you're going to have to move to outdoor only, right? And then they're going to lose 80% of their tables. They've got all this food. They've got staff. Now they have to lay them off. So it's this constant shuffle of people in and out of the door. Right. So um, a lot of our clients now at the point where we're at, they're breaking sales records. The demand is back for restaurants, which, which is great. But restaurants aren't out of the woods because that's the main issue. They can't find people to work and my thought and I'd love to hear your thought but long term I think what we're going to see is restaurants are going to be more expensive because they're going to have to pay people more and I've seen that time and time again as people are now to get these line cooks to get servers to get managers to get staff they have to pay much more than they wanted to and the only way to offset that especially with as thin profit margins restaurants have is guess what that that $13 $13 burger is now $18. Right. How else do you do it? Right. Yeah, it's true. I mean, anybody that goes to the grocery store and sees what they're paying for a loaf of bread yeah. alone or chicken, I mean, commodities are increasing yep. left and right. Mm-hmm. It's expensive yeah. just to live. Yep. And then when you add small businesses with $15 an hour yeah. employees, they have to raise pricing. But they have to be smart about it, and that's where... A lot of small businesses don't realize all the tools available to them. Um, you know, when when we consult, we go in to try and help them. We, vendor management, pricing, cost analysis programs. We want them to have educated information to price their menu correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my business partner, Brad Prescott, and I, if we go in, we evaluate the menu. We look at ways so that they become profitable. But that includes everything, not just employees. It's also food cost shopping, mm-hmm. how you maintain your business operation. It's yeah. very important. So Yeah. Are you are you assisting with initial concepting too? Yeah, I we do everything from design startups. I've got a fabulous network of people. I'm very blessed to work with some amazing people in the industry. Mm-hmm. That I mean in my career I probably helped open twenty five different restaurant concepts. That's great. And about 15 home-based food businesses. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very fortunate. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so let's dive in a little bit more into California Culinary Coalition. Yeah, since that's why we're here. This is... Which, um, which by the way, which we were talking about before the cameras were rolling, I want right. to reiterate again. It's, you said that 
you know, building a nonprofit's the hardest work that you've ever done, which I've heard before too. Yeah, it's, um, it's amazing. So my friend and former instructor, Teresa Zamora, and I created California Culinary Coalition. She called me one day uh, saying she had an opportunity to help provide meals to the homeless in a, um, you know, it's a converted motel. It's a transitional home for homeless. And it's developed by community development partners here in Newport Beach. And they develop properties all over Arizona, Nevada, California, and Oregon. But they develop properties to help transitional homeless get back on their feet. So this converted motel in Santa Ana has a full kitchen. So Teresa and I put together a proposal and flash forward, here we are, we're providing meals for their 72 residents. And then as we were talking about, um, we were recently contracted by a bound food care in Orange County to provide meals for other homeless um, and people in need. And the idea of California Culinary Coalition is uniquely different than other food banks or groups that provide meals is we're doing meal service. We are working with Santa Ana College School of Continuing Education because we wanna be able to provide training and education to people in our kitchen, uh, help them achieve a certificate, and then get them into the job force. And then we're also starting a recovered food program where we're working to get the recovered food to our kitchen, provide the meals, and then as we build and grow, we wanna start a food pantry for the college community. That's awesome. So we're doing a lot more than just providing meals because there's a need People need to understand what the food is. Mm -hmm. um, people need to understand what they're putting in their bodies. Mm -hmm. And people need to understand what it takes to get into the job force in the restaurant industry. Mm -hmm. So we're providing more than just meals. We're providing education, training. Um, the Orchard is the name of the property in Santa Ana that we're working out of. They have this tremendous garden it's about 20 beds, and we're going to be replanting it and growing a lot of our own food to use in our food prepared for the homeless, but providing education and training programs so that they understand what it is. Amazing. So it's really cool. Uh, Teresa's been working her tail off in that kitchen lately. Um, I do all the admin, the business side of it, work with the legal team to put the nonprofit together. So it's been stretching my limits of knowledge but increasing my knowledge as well because nonprofits are different yeah it's a different game and, and so i would assume stretching your limits of time too i mean with all these probably like, this is the definition of hustle right here this guy's got like what else do you do i mean what else do you have time i've got for? three kids <laughs> right. wife and you know but it's the nonprofit is cool because it's allowing teresa and i to do what we've always talked about doing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in, in food and beverage restaurants, they get to experience some amazing food, yeah. parties, events, things like that. But so many people don't get to experience the kind of food that we've had. Yeah. And now we can give back and share more. We get to take what we've trained so hard as educators to yeah. do and use it and give back in a way. Yeah. So it's really different if you could think of you know with the california culinary coalition um 
one thing that sticks out as as maybe the most impactful either person family situation like what what's one thing that comes to mind that you feel like you've that has made the biggest impact the coalition has made the biggest impact on we're giving people fresh hot nutritious meals and we're doing it with food recovered that would probably be thrown away mm -hmm. a lot of people especially here in orange county they're they're walking around with blinders on mm -hmm. they don't realize that food insecurity is huge um the statistics for waste in the united states is disgusting that's so true it's i think it's 40 percent of all food produced is thrown out mm -hmm. something of that nature um i mean some of the information there's orange county residents there's nearly 350,000 residents who don't know where their next meal is coming from 350,000 here in orange county and it's horrible. There's 20% of OC's children live in households that experience food insecurity, which means they don't know where their next meal's coming from. And then 53% of OC agencies have seen an increased need for their services, especially because of the pandemic. There were families that they had no food. You know, my family, we struggled through this pandemic in, in many ways, but not nearly as bad as so many other families in Orange County. Yeah. Um, and it's hard because we're in a very wealthy area. We have so much to be thankful for and, and have, but there are people just down the street. They, these kids, the worst part is actually the seniors. Yeah. Seniors, so many of them go without meals. Yeah. And they're too proud to say anything. They don't want yeah. people to feel sorry for them. Yeah. But they need the help. Yeah, and, and I think we're all us here living, you know, kind of on the coast here. We, you, you see that, and for people that aren't in California, it's, it's a different world on the coast than, I mean, sometimes you drive 10 miles inland and you forget you're in the same state or right. county. I mean, it, it, like you said, people are, are walking around with a blindfold on sometimes. Yeah. Not realizing that there's so many people that need help, like, what you're providing right Santa Ana is not far from here no and they have the highest need of almost any community in Southern California and you know we saw with the pandemic the numbers of COVID cases being so high in Santa Ana well the number of people not eating regularly in Santa yeah. Ana is huge too but yeah. there's other pockets within nice communities we just don't think about um so i want to i want to finish up with a couple of questions but one which is one of margo's favorite questions and mm -hmm. i always love the answers to these if you could go back uh to your your 21 year old self oh god what advice would you give yourself what would you give yourself a heads up on? Um, can I say pull your head out of your... Um, you can say whatever I, you want. I would go back. I, I just read this somewhere, and a buddy of mine responded, and he said, buy Amazon stock. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I had aspirations of being in law enforcement. I was a police cadet and a dispatcher and all that. I injured my back. I have a lot of injuries, so I couldn't do it. Yeah. So I became a cop's best friend. I was a bartender, and I got into hospitality, 
And I worked my way up. I was a bouncer, bartender, became a manager. I've worked in just about everything mm-hmm. in the industry. Mm-hmm. I would tell myself, don't go into hospitality. Number one, finish your education. Listen to your father, finish your education. I got my AA degree when I was 22, but I did not get my bachelor's degree till I was 43. And then I got my master's at 45. I missed out on so much opportunity because I didn't have that education. I tell my kids now, you got plenty of time to have fun, but finish your school, please. Get your bachelor's degree at least because they're going to need a master's degree to get ahead, they're saying. So I would definitely go back, tell myself, stop being stupid. Alcohol is not the answer. Parties are fun. Um... But finish your degree and have a plan. Um, very inspiring story. Appreciate you being on. And uh, even though you told yourself not to be in hospitality, it's clear that you love, or you would tell yourself not to be in it. You obviously love the industry. I do Because now. now you have so many different parts of your life and so many different businesses that are involved in the, in the industry. And I think... The reason why you probably stayed in, as my guess, is the reason why I love working within the industry is it's just there's something so fun about it and so so rewarding. It's kind of hard to yeah. pinpoint what that is. Well, it's ever-changing. It's true. And it's the people. Yeah. But honestly, I did everything I could to get out of it. Yeah. I've worked in a couple different things and always got back into it. What changed my life was getting hired at the Art Institute and becoming a teacher. I started as the front of house manager in the student run store or student run restaurant, excuse me. And it was fun. But then I was asked to teach a lecture class and I'm, that was life changing. That, that changed it. I got to share stories, my experiences and help people grow into this industry. And, and that gave me self worth and that changed my life. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so for people that want to find you, where's the best place they can reach out to you? Email, phone? Email, phone. You can research me. Social I media? Pop up. Um, Steve Gostin. Um, CaliforniaCulinaryCoalition.com. At CalCulinaryCoalition. SteveGostin.com. Um, you, I can't hide because I'm out there in so many different aspects, but I do want to plug Hot Rods and Handguns Please do. in Huntington Beach. They've been open since November. Um, really cool members only shooting and social club with, like it says, Hot Rods, Guns, full bar, restaurant. It is the most amazing full and beautiful. Full bar and guns. <laughs> so, you have to shoot before you drink. <laughs> we have systems in place so you cannot. Okay, um, the image drink, in my head shoot. was crazy. Yeah. So, all right, I appreciate that. Yeah, no. Um, cool concept, though. But it is the most amazingly beautiful place I've ever seen. Tim Miller is the owner, and he owns T. Miller Construction, okay. and he built the place. That's great. And honest God, yeah, I'd love to have you come in and see the place yep. because I, you'll be amazed at what they created there. Yep. But it is incredible. Yeah. And I've only been there two weeks. Yeah. But so it's really nice to be back. Oh, in we're, the coming. Business, so. we're coming. We're yeah, coming to check absolutely. it out with cameras. Great to meet you, man. You as well. This Thank you awesome. so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.